Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hunters AfterBuzz TV After Show. I am your host, Kevin Allen, and I am joined by my new friend, Miss Haley Graves. Hey, everyone. Excited to be here. I was a little late on the Hunters train, but I am obsessed and I am ready to talk about this amazing show. It's okay. You're not late to the train. We held the door for you. Because <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you here joining this conversation because, yeah, this has yeah. been a really exciting show, as you know, and as our fans yeah. know. Uh, and this episode, a lot of stuff came into fruition. A lot of things that I would expect to happen at the end of the season of people catching other people happened here in episode seven. So uh, we're going to talk about them catching the ghost. We're going to talk about Millie catching Myers. And we're going to talk about Travis catching the subway. Uh, But before we get into all of these things, I just want to get your uh, initial opinion since you're brand new to our program, Haley. What do you think of this episode? For me, this show has blown my mind at every twist and turn. Um, I have been completely captivated the whole time watching it. This episode was really the first episode that my jaw just completely dropped on multiple instances. I was blown away by all the storylines. And I was also really sad this episode because of everything that happened with Murray and yeah, that really, I mean, it got me like at the end of that episode on the, of this episode on the, when they were on the subway, I so I never expected that. Like, I can't even get the words out because it, gosh, it threw me through a loop. Our first major character death. And I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I am absolutely right there with you. Uh, and I'm, I too am in denial about it so much. I'm going to save that conversation for the end when I have to come <laughs> to terms with it. Uh, but we'll start with something a lot nicer. This episode started with a fairy tale. Yes. And I, I love this show uh, when it gets to be fun and creative and use television formats in a way to be, uh, to like tell us kind of a story within a story and make it really entertaining and just go all out with it. Uh, usually it's like this Tarantino style kind of B movie thing or a game <laughs> show or a, a, something real cheesy. But this one was like a beautifully illustrated fairy tale that just captured the last moments of the war, but in a, uh, I guess we'll call it a child-friendly perspective. Yeah. Um, For me, like I have really enjoyed those kind of interludes of this show, especially because the topics and the time period, it's very heavy. There's a lot of heavy stuff that's discussed, that's brought up, that we're reminded about that have happened in our history. And these moments though, how they've interwoven these kind of side little stories or side little um, scenes, like how you were saying with the game show or with separate little TV shows or funny commercials. um, I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. And how you said this one was just kind of a beautiful way that they alluded to the end of the war and told us that the war was over and now we're going to be moving past it. 
Yeah, and in a way it kind of captures the feeling Ruth must have had, not so much a one of tranquility and of uh, sing-songy, lovey-dovey kind of piece, but yeah. just that like almost magical sense of, of change and goodness uh, that I can imagine uh, comparatively must seem a little bit um, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Helps to kind of lay the foundation of her character and by doing so, Jonah and to an extension, Meyer. Um, so Jonah is now part of this team. I, it was very, it was almost cringy for me, especially yeah. because like he has to know Joe's past. So the fact that he sat in there and tried to almost make a mockery out of this VA beating when Joe revealed some very personal stuff, it was just, it was slightly uncomfortable, but I. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think it also showed a little bit more about Lonnie's character and his um, sense of just always being that comic relief because he's and he and just the fact that like he never can be taken too seriously. Like I think that's old and I think that's a problem for him. And I think you see him mm-hmm. kind of be affected by that, that no one ever really takes him too seriously, whether it's his acting career or it's when he goes on um, these adventures with this team, like he's never. T- and I think in this situation, we're completely seeing why. That's a really good observation. Yeah, that is that is his flaw, now that you mention yeah. it. Absolutely. Seven, and things that he went through when he was in the war, and it was interesting that they chose to do it now, I thought, especially a character in a show that has experience from being in a war. You know that they're going to have experiences come back with them and affect who they are that's just kind of an assumption I feel like you can have about mm-hmm. characters that have been in war and so for them to choose to actually give us the story and this traumatic experience of him having to mercy kill this child I found it really unique that the writers would choose to do it right now I feel like they've been dropping clues about yeah. him his backstory uh, through, since we introduced him like when I mentioned uh, in our after show when they introduced the hunters, I think it was episode two yeah. and everyone got their movie poster. Like yep. his tonally was a, a complete shift. Yeah. And everyone had this like whimsical, like I said, Tarantino B movie thing, but yeah. his was like, no, that's apocalypse now. This guy has real trauma. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we meet his friends at the uh, mental uh, institution. Yes. yes. So we like, okay. So he definitely like, is mentally damaged himself if he yeah. was on this guy's side yeah. and we got a glimpse of his story with <laughs> like a flashback of a little girl coming up to him yeah but like you said all of these are fair assumptions yeah. to make they just kind yeah. of like which is also me- well which is mm-hmm. also why i feel like the writers purposefully put lonnie in that scene at the same time because he has provided all this comic relief that we have a heavy heavy scene and episode also paralleled with comic relief so it's just kind of interesting how the writers chose to do that because I feel like they didn't want the viewer to 
feel all this heaviness. So they contrasted it with Lonnie in the scene to bring you kind of back to this place of like, oh wait, like this is still a show. Like we're still trying to have fun and entertain you and not like remind you of all this doom and gloom that actually happened. Which is very much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, with Joe, uh, I feel like since he's usually the guy who is executing the the torture or whatever it is, yeah. I, I think maybe why they've waited till now to do that is because uh, throughout the whole season, we see him do it. And uh, there's this question of morality throughout this entire series. Yeah. And we know that this guy has an issue with Nazis, but the fact that he's he's the one willing to do the task, I feel like this revelation of his that he shared with the group kind of explains why he is the one who's willing to do the hard task itself. He does not see himself as a full-fledged person. He sees himself as a weapon. Yeah. And the, the most good an instrument of killing can do is to at least go against uh, evil people. Yeah. If he's like, if I'm going to be a weapon, I'm at least going to be uh, one with a conscience and target the right people. This is really hard to articulate, but do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. And, and I want to just build on that because I do agree with you that a lot of this show just talks about you fighting with your conscious, you know, and the yeah. fact that you're everything in you. And like, we even see it in this episode with, uh, with Murray and Mindy and what they're dealing with, you know, and we've seen it a lot with Jonah, just going back and forth between knowing what's right but then also knowing what's right to you. And so I feel like with Joe, it's the case of he was in this situation and by having that mercy kill, it allowed him to, in a sense, be able to, I guess, do these torturous activities and kill people and do these things and be able to move on from it. Because I think that's ultimately for these characters, what they all struggle with is after I do this, what person am I going to be? what is this going to turn me into? Who will I be after this? Will I be a monster? How will I be as bad as the Nazis? I feel like that's the line that they're all afraid to cross. And, mm -hmm. but Joe has already crossed that line and he's proven that he can move on from something like that. And so I think that's why he's the one who constantly steps up in these situations. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're definitely onto something there. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned Jonah kind of having that moral dilemma and he's, yeah not someone who's lived through this kind of torment. He's, uh, he's he had was, people die close to him, but he has not been to Nam. And he was like, too. he almost was just like naive to all this. It was like, mm -hmm. he knew this happened and he knew that this was a part of who he is and a part of his history. But I mean, and a part of it was because Ruth hid so much of the truth from him, but it was almost just like he knew that all this existed, but didn't actually think it affected him directly. Mm -hmm. And I think that almost speaks so much about ignore those things today and forget about those things. And I feel like Jonah was in that case, but now being that he's fully invested in the hunters that now he's coming around to being like, oh shit, like this is actually part of me. And now it's affecting my decision-making, my sense of right and wrong and just everything. Yeah, I totally agree. I just worry that when it comes to the nuance that you're describing all of these other characters as having of whether this yeah. across that line, I feel like Jonah doesn't quite have that nuance. He just kind yeah. of ebbs and flows with his yeah. rage the more he learns. And we get to see that uh, in a glimpse when he, Joe, and Lonnie continue on their quest. 
and find the ghost who yeah. has been hooked up to a life support machine. So like, is killing him even worth it? How, how do we even like, we can't do the whole justice trial ceremony with him. Yeah. Uh, but then when his caretaker, Una and their, her child walk in on them, like Jonah just goes right into it. Like he doesn't yeah. take him out, but he pulls a gun on him and I thought he, he might. I almost feel like, in a sense, like in that scene specifically, I knew that he wasn't going to hurt them. I think it's almost a sense that he likes having that power over someone and being able to instill fear in another person. Because I feel like he's also been in situations that he's been on the reverse side of that. And so in like, maybe he's like projecting that he, that's how he wants to make them feel in that situation. Cause that's how I felt. Like, I felt like he was just trying to scare them and mm-hmm. threaten them and almost like buy time for Lonnie and Joe to get there, you know, because it was like, bruh, you're not about to shoot these people. We all know that you're not going to do that. So like, why are you fronting? But then it, I don't know. It was just, it was very interesting that he kind of has been talking a big game up to this point And yeah. then didn't do anything about it that's that's a yeah yeah he's tactic if anything it's kind of stall until the the more experienced people come along yeah exactly um but you're right he's that's his whole bag is he's just trying to match the fear that they've been instilling in him and just throw it right back that's his way of punishing them so far yeah oh man oh my god what a great observation i'm so (laughs) glad you're I'm so glad you're here. All right. Well, on that note, I want to hear your yeah. opinions now. I just want to switch uh, the storylines here. Uh, they're not the only people who caught up with their target. Millie has now officially caught up with Murray. Um, yeah. She goes into what used to be the Ark. She finds evidence that had been burned. She's yeah. kind of got a lot of evidence to, to arrest him and obviously yeah. does. Brings him back to the station. And yeah. then it becomes this weird kind of like neither every they both have information regarding this Nazi plot that they're not willing to share at the moment mm-hmm. and so they're both kind of pleading ignorant on it yeah I um what I found the most interesting about this was the fact that oh gosh I'm breaking or I'm forgetting his name but her uh like her captain her supervisor so he um like the fact that he kind of I can't figure out where he sits on as far as like, I get hints of him believing her. And then I get hints of him knowing more than he should. And I'm really trying to decide like where he actually is on the spectrum of believing in all this Nazi stuff. And so I found it interesting that he basically told her and almost in the same regard, questioned her morality and her sense of right and wrong by telling her to essentially bend the rules to go get this warrant, to go get this man. Like I, that was what I almost found more interesting was that we see Millie kind of put the job above everything else and her desire to get Meyer above everything else. And she was even willing to break some rules to make that happen. Yeah. Cause she keeps saying that it's all about that someone has been murdered and yes. yeah it's a nazi but she's she arrests him for the murder of uh god what was his name heinz, Wichel, heinz I don't know, yes yes something, yes. Very, heinz something richter. very heinz Thank richter you. yeah 
Yeah, and so that's that's what she's there is she just is trying to book the guy who murdered this man and stop any more murders from happening. But she's coming at it with the same fervor that all these hunters have about taking out an entire like secret Nazi organization yeah. that is corrupting all of America at every institution. Like so the level of severity in which she is pursuing Meyer does seem a bit much. Yeah. The fact that she uh, risked her life and reputation by going to a superior about it, the fact that she's been assaulted by shadowy figures and thus broke up with her girlfriend yeah. over it, like she really is putting it first and that's understandable, but to the degree she's doing it is kind of insane to me. It's almost making me question her true intentions it's like are you trying to be to uphold the law and go after this man strictly because you have proof that he has murdered another human that is against the law and that is why you're going after him or is it because you know deep down in your heart of hearts that this nazi regime is happening it's real and you more than anything are curious about what's going on and you know this man will give you information and that's where I think she actually sits. And I think that's where her intentions lied as far as um, arresting him go. Because that's, to me, like she didn't give him an opportunity to say anything in front of any other officers. Mm -hmm. You know, she just went in and that, like she didn't even really find anything because they never showed us. I thought it was interesting that they had the scene where she specifically walked to the back of the arc. She made a comment about it being a recent fire in which Meyer had a very clever and witty response. And mm -hmm. then she kind of was shuffling through some things. And I was like, oh, they're about to show us like what she saw that is definitive proof that he killed Heinz Richter. And instead they don't show us anything. She just turns around and arrests him. Yeah. So to me that showed like her desperation at this point for wanting to know what he knew rather than actually arresting him for murder and what he did. I just don't understand why she couldn't come at it a different way. Like just, she's she's been having secret meetings yeah. on the side, you know, with all these people in this investigation. And then yeah. she could do that with Meyer. She, but to bring him downtown to do it, like where there's just gonna be more cops or untrustworthy people sniffing around. Like for all she knows, it's a more dangerous place to have this conversation, but nonetheless, she does open up about Project Paperclip and tries to get some or up Operation Paperclip yeah. and tries to get some information from him regarding this Nazi plot. And he happily obliges just in the hopes that he'll like, that she'll let him go and yeah. he can go foil this plot that he knows is about to happen. I also find it interesting, just mm -hmm. given the time period, like this is the 70s, there's obviously a lot of... Um, injustice even for african-americans at the time mm -hmm. the fact that they have made her um be um the fact that like she is a lesbian in the show you know she has all these um life choices and just the way that she is even it's interesting to me that she's going after the guy that has also had so many um like unjust actions happen to him you know like yeah. rather than trying to find one of these Nazis and get information from a Nazi, she's going to the person that is actually standing up for their people. And, you know, like, it's just like, yeah. that's just, it's really interesting that they're doing that and doing it that way and giving her character, the storylines that she has 
and because it's almost reflective of Meyer, yet she's going after him and what he's doing. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. just it's interesting that, that, that they chose to make her have all of those layers and go after the person that's most similar to her. Yeah, because she's got just as much to lose in this fight against the Nazis as yeah. Meyer does. Uh, so you, you, as the audience, wonder, like, why would you work against him? Yes. You know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend kind of thing. Yeah. But it's this scene, what's, what's, I think what's interesting about it, what I love about this is it's depicting the debate between, like, ethics and law. Yeah. You know, morality versus, uh, God, virtue. Uh, like, yeah. uh, escaping me. But it's two different ideologies about what yeah. is good. What is the nature yeah. of good and good behavior at the extremest level yeah. possible? And that's what the argument is, is you broke the law, you are killing people, that is bad. Well, what's really bad is letting other people kill people. Yeah. You know, and so where where do you draw the line as to what is for lack of a better word acceptable well and we even like we can see it and like kudos to the actress because you can see it in her face in this scene that she is really really struggling you know and and not like struggling as in she's having a hard time with this but just mentally struggling with making this decision of holy ish i am believing everything this man is saying now am I going to step over this line and really go all in to listening to him and helping him take down these Nazis? Or do I need to stay back on my lawful side of the line, ignore everything he's telling me and just book this man for the murder that he's committed? Yeah. Um, uh, Jerrica Hinton, by the way. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she, the whole time, I feel like this each episode goes, she, she knows that she's in this gray area of yeah. morality and she's been struggling with that. But, but what's always superseded is this is the task I am charged with. This is what I do. So I'm going to do my job. But now that she's done it, now that she has caught him and the, the fulfillment of her job is in the palm of her hand, it's like the, you now or never, you really have to de decide you, yeah. this, this struggle you've been kind of going over. You got to just pick it, you yeah. know, what's it going to yeah. be? Yeah. And she absolutely captured it. And uh, of course her superior is lurking, watching this whole thing. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he for sure 100% is involved at this point because I don't think he would be keeping such a close eye on this case and what she's doing and how she's interrogating this man. And, everything that's going on with it and the fact that he almost directly has a hand in it now if he wasn't involved somehow. Well, to uh, to be fair, I guess, not that I've ever been in this position, but <laughs> I I can only imagine, and I'm just going off of his reaction when he, yeah. when she broke the information to him, yeah. that this is such a big deal. Like if anything goes wrong, they're dead. Yeah. So I would want to, keep an eye on it too. Like I would, I, as much as I trust her uh, to do the right thing and to handle the job well, you'd still want to be there as support and backup. And just to yeah. like, if things get, cause Meyer Offerman's a tricky fellow. So if yeah. things go a little awry, you know, he can be there to help smooth things over or at least assess what to do next. And so I could also, I, understand it. I guess, mm -hmm. and I could also see him because think about it. 
if mm -hmm. he, if Meyer Offerman gives some incredibly valuable, valuable information towards all of this, then technically her supervisor can take all the credit for all of this. He can go to the powers that be, present them with all of this, and then he can get all of the recognition, which this happened a lot in society then that he could just get all the recognition for all the work that Millie had been doing. Oh yeah, no, that's totally plausible. Yeah. And I was gonna say, as much as I think he's doing the right thing by being there, like that's where he should be. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't trust him either, only because God only knows yeah. at this point. Like I wouldn't trust anybody. Yeah, yeah. He's, this is heavy stuff. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, this is like Captain America Hydra kind of nonsense and- Facts. Here in America. Uh, <laughs> So as much as things are kind of going, I don't want to say well for the hunters, like things are definitely moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, Meyer's, Meyer is caught by Millie, but he's not like locked up yet, yeah. you know? And as soon as things go to hell, as they do later in the episode, that's like, you got to vouch for like, I, I was right, you know, yeah. I warned you. and. So who do you trust now? Um, I worry about how the episode ended though with, and this is what we were avoiding about talking. Yeah. So we got Jonah and Murray and Lonnie again, pursuing Travis in the subway. Like yes. this is the day that the code talked about. They yeah. know it's happening. There's two locations. Uh, so we've got the power plant and everyone's confused as to why they're even there. And then we've got the the guy with blood on his hands popping up at the subway. Yeah. Uh, for initially, what were your thoughts just when they arrived to these two separate destinations? Well, I think I was still more held up on the fact that we also just found out as Meyer was getting arrested by Millie that mm -hmm. he basically confirms that he's Jonah's grandfather. So I was honestly still held up by that. And then the right. conversation that Jonah was having with Murray in the subway, uh, talking about Meyer and all of these things and seeing Jonah's reaction that I was just more like, okay, whatever's happening at the power plant, whatever. But like, oh my gosh, he, and I, like my brain was trying to play catch up almost to like, yeah. wow, Thank you for he's his grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just like, I, that's where like my head was just like sitting. And then obviously we have the scene where um, they see Travis and then obviously we snap out of talking about the grandfather situation again. And then that's when they start pursuing Travis. And I, for what it's worth, I cannot stand Travis, his face, everything about him creeps me out. The fact that he sings when he murders people, it bothers me. What like is that? <laughs> oh God. It's so unsettling. Everything about him. I got to admit the, the actor is doing a fantastic job. Greg Austin. Greg Austin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the but I just like he makes my skin crawl same and I don't like that I don't like when same. performances are that good <laughs> and I and I will say that I um so I was watching this episode with pretty much everyone in my house right now um we're oh, no. we're binge watching it all together and oh. I was the only one I'm incredibly observant and so I was the only one who noticed that when we have the whole we have the whole subway situation you know when they're all on it they've got Travis he sits down he has this red backpack and then the next thing we see is um Murray and Jonah almost celebrating that Lonnie got off the subway and he's tracking down Travis like I was the only one who immediately was like 
he doesn't have the backpack. Okay, like, you caught it. I yeah, caught it. I caught it too. Man, yeah. that whole okay. So that whole scene, everything about what they were doing was like again, not that I'm an international spy or anything, <laughs> but they all stepped onto different cars. I was like, then yeah. you can't do anything. You yep. you've isolated him. He can't. You can't get to him to stop whatever plot he's doing. You know he's yeah. there to yeah. drop off a bomb. Yeah. So they they he gets off and they're like, oh great. He's not going to drop off the bomb. Of course he's going to drop off the bomb. What do you and think he got on and right back yes. off for? Like, he obviously didn't notice you because you guys were so far away from him. Yeah. So uh, kudos to Lonnie for pursuing him as yeah. bad as an idea that as that kind of was, like, going in alone. I, I would want to keep eyes on him as well. But the fact that nobody was on the car in the first place to retrieve the backpack and that they didn't figure that out until way too late, I was... I was a little put off. I'm like, guys, it's better than that. And like the, the writers really uh, toyed with my emotions here because so I was finally proud of Lonnie. I was like, yeah, way to way to step up, way to be mm -hmm. do something courageous. You know, here's your shining moment that you get to be the hero. And instead yeah. he follows this man into when we see the beginning of the blackout and then he gets stabbed. And I honestly, in that moment, I was like, oh, Lonnie's gone. Like I, I thought like my brain was going through such a just like cluster of almost emotion in this because it was like okay Lonnie gets stabbed I thought Lonnie was going to be the one to die and then they take us back on the subway where they had just alluded to the fact that Murray stopped the bomb and so I was like okay Murray and Joan are good oh shit Lonnie just got stabbed like Lonnie's about to be dead and then they take us back and I was just like literally it, it felt like I was just doing this like holy shit holy shit <laughs> Yeah, I think I was I was right there with you. And my notes for this episode, I literally just wrote, shit, Lonnie, shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I also wrote, this is why we have checkpoints, because just every I everything was going awry. And that was it. That was the last thing I wrote. I just couldn't keep my thoughts together at this point. Yeah. So, yeah I was right there with you. Um, I still give Lonnie the points for pursuing him and trying yes. to tail him. Uh he tries. We can we tries. can definitely come to the conclusion that he tries. Yeah, and considering his usual forte is to just like throw his clout around. Yeah. And try like I said, try to be Mr. Cool Guy. Like this had nothing to do with his ego. Yeah. So he was just laser focused on getting it done, whatever it yeah. took. Yeah. So I still give him all the props and I too worry that he is dead. Uh but uh, so back on the subway. Yeah. Um they I didn't really... know what to think. I had every confidence in Murray. I know he's man. a capable, brilliant man. Uh, and he was super calm and collected. Yeah. Uh, I like that he made the choice to, regardless of how well he could handle the bomb, get Jonah to move everyone to the back of the subway, mm -hmm. just again, as a fail safe. Uh, and then, and like, and the other parts of this being emotional is the fact that mm -hmm. we just had him and Mindy with Moritz in their basement talking about, hey, we are gonna do this together. Like she literally was like, we do everything together. We need to do this together. I'm literally getting chills thinking about it again because that was like my initial reaction when the bomb actually goes off is, holy shit, Mindy. Murray has quickly become my favorite character just as a yeah. viewer. He, something about him and his story is like cutting right through me yeah. and he 
this like selfless act he did with the unfinished business of his yeah. also wonderfully sweet partner. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so emotional. And I, the level of, uh, of appreciation he gives others and compassion that he has yeah. been exuding amongst all of this yeah. is, it, it really touches me. And right to the very last moment. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, that we're gonna too, lose him. I feel like with him, I always like to see and figure out when I'm watching shows, I do this with all the after shows that I'm on is I try and figure out breadcrumbs that writers are dropping for us. <laughs> and I feel like now looking back, one of the biggest breadcrumbs of all was when was at their daughter's wedding, when he finally says, amen. And Mindy kind of looks at him and is like, did you just say that? And he like, you know, kind of nods and chuckles, but that I feel like was more significant now because we see that he almost kind of came to terms with um, with just everything. And that was like a big kind of mm -hmm. issue for them. And I was just like, looking back, I was like, wow, the writers kind of were telling us something in that moment we didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good show. Yeah. And like, and it's just, and just the facts that like, my second thought, my first thought, like I said, was about Mindy. And then my second thought was, oh my gosh, another person that Jonah has seen die in front of him. Like how much more trauma can this guy take before starting to just think that he's basically like a walking like murder target? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, if you want to die, come hang out with me. Yeah, and then like- It feels like he's cursed. Exactly. And then like the other part that also made me incredibly sad was the fact that Murray and Mindy made it out of the concentration camps together. They built this life together. They had lot, like they have their daughter, all of this stuff. They finally have the murderer of their son that they can finally get justice for. And Murray ends up losing his life to a bomb that was created by Nazis. And Mindy loses Murray. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Cause yeah, they're the Markowitzes. They're, it's Mindy yeah. and Murray. They're yeah. a single entity. Yep. Uh, it's, I, I don't look forward to what's coming yeah. in the next episodes because it's, it's going to be some real hardship, but we here at AfterBuzz love to dish out predictions. <laughs> so, uh, considering uh, a lot of things that we really didn't get to dive into that Biff now is kind of, uh, you know, Senator Simpson, he's on the run yes. because someone's targeting him. It's killed yep. his mother-in-law. Yes. Um, Dang yeah. Dottie. Yeah, Roxy is still kind of like not really part of the group at the moment. Uh, and now we're losing Murray. And of course, the bombs went off and Jonah wakes up in the middle of the blackout of 77. So where, where do you see this all going? Because I see it going to hell. Yeah, there's a lot to try and even mostly comprehend. Like right now, I feel like up until this point, I mean, the name of the show is The Hunters, and I feel like 100% that the um, the ones that we know as The Hunters have been the predators, and the Nazis have almost been the prey. That's how it's been at this point, up until this point. But now I almost feel the roles are reversed, and I feel like everyone is the prey at this point because the Nazis, through all these codes and through everything they've been trying to create, recreate, uh, as far as we know, they've now succeeded. We don't know. Yeah. 
necessarily, I mean, and the other part that threw me through a loop was through the ghost, we figured out that it was some sort of biological weapon, but these were just bombs that went off. So, yeah. so cause we see then that Katarina, she is um, doing, she's very persistent with the man um, at the docks, you know, with her cargo that mm-hmm. she's like adamant that she needs to get her ship through or get whatever cargo's off. And so I'm just sitting here curious as to like, is this about to be some virus that everyone is about to contract? You know, what extremities are they doing? Is this going to be some other kind of gas form? Because we know, obviously, they did that to people in um, concentration camps. Like, it's almost my brain is just like, what links are these people going to go to at this point? Yeah. Uh, From what I've kind of put together watching the show there's definitely a biological weapon that they've been testing in south america and that's why they've been trying to look at cargo sanctions to bring it in but you're correct uh well you're correct in that we don't know yeah what it is we don't know the what if it's like an aerosol kind of thing or powder or whatever we have no idea what the physical thing that they're bringing in on this ship is but we do know that it's now here in the states yes and it seems like the whole the bomb was just a big distraction, not really yeah, so a dispersal say, technique. I was about to curse, but like just a really, really messed up distraction. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, you know, I, I was about to do it myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it certainly is effective. Yes. Um, and then I, I also, of, mm-hmm. for predictions, I also will say that I can see Jonah kind of becoming a recluse here and now really pushing everyone away because Murray was almost like a second grandfather to him. And so now this is just another person in his life that he's been close with that has passed basically right in front of him. So I can just see him at this point pushing everyone away. Yeah, I I worry for the fate of the hunters because it seems like Roxy's not really part of the group anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meyer's been detained. Jonah's gonna be second guessing it on a much different level. We've lost murray and we might be losing lonnie as well so it doesn't leave a whole lot of people left and then mindy is going to be just in a state of (sighs) like like basically yeah Mm -hmm. like basically like she's going to be out of commission for a while because she's going to be she has a lot to deal with god uh so that does you're right that does make them just as much prey like if anything the numbers are now even uh, we've been, there's been this chess motif throughout the whole season, and I, I feel like a lot of pieces are off the board on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh God, I can only hope we're wrong. Yeah. But we'll be back in a couple hours to talk <laughs> about it and, and help each other cope. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, where can uh, our fans find you? Yeah, guys, if you want to talk to me about The Hunters or really any other show going on after Buzz, I'm watching a lot of TV these days. You can find me on Instagram, Haley Graves with two S's. That's H-A-L-E-Y-G-R-A-V-E-S-S. And on Twitter, Haley Graves too. Yeah, and if you guys uh, could please bring me some levity to help get through the rest of the show. We are finishing it all tonight, so I'm going to be a wreck by the time we're done. You guys can find me at Kevin Allen Says on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham. We'll be right back to talk... uh, in a couple hours or on hunters until then we'll see you later. 
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.